Welcome to the Peds NP, Pearls of Pediatric Evidence-Based Practice. I'm your host, Becky Carson, pediatric nurse practitioner and clinical assistant professor at the Catholic University of America. In the consumer marketing hurricane that surrounds dairy and plant byproduct beverages, it can be dizzying enough for us adults to order a specialty coffee. Like when the barista asks you whether you want your latte with oat, almond, soy, coconut, or cow's milk. So just imagine the difficulty that parents can have when trying to figure out what, quote, healthy beverages to give their children. Today, we're going to discuss plant-based milks, the research on them, and what we should be advising parents when we assess their child's nutrition. The FDA ruled this week that plant-based beverages can indeed use the term milk to describe their products, despite their lack of animal origin, because as their report states, consumers know the difference. Dairy farmers and their deep-pocketed lobbyists in Washington have been embattled with these white beverage companies for years in the argument that their products don't actually contain a product of animal lactation, and this can be confusing for consumers. But the FDA disagreed because milk is a common term, and we the consumer know that peanut butter, cream of wheat, and milk of magnesia don't contain cow byproducts either. Even though the dairy farmers lost the battle over the term milk, the guidance from the FDA recommends that manufacturers clearly label the plant of origin. But as of right now, they aren't required to make any other nutritional labels. And here's the big problem with plant-based beverages. Even though a parent may know that almond milk doesn't actually come from a cow, they may not understand that these, quote, healthy plant-based products lack the same nutritional value as milk and have many additives like sugar that make them unhealthy. Parents may intend to be healthy, add a vegetable or a nut to a picky eater's menu, or stay as natural as possible. But in actuality, most of these beverages lack the same micro and macronutrients as milk. It's also harder for our bodies to absorb these nutrients from plant products compared to animal products, which can, in theory, leave their child deficient. So what should you recommend for infants and children? Well, just to review, the AAP recommends exclusive breastfeeding until six months of age when complementary foods are introduced. Their new 2022 guidelines on breastfeeding and the use of human milk also recommend continued breastfeeding with an advancing diet until two years of age, as long as it's mutually desired by both mother and child. If formula is necessary, because fed is best, then a commercial infant formula should be used until 12 months, at which time it's appropriate to switch to whole cow's milk. The reason for this is that the proteins in cow's milk are too large for the kidneys and gut to adequately process, and this can be hard on an infant until they're about a year old. For infants, it's also appropriate for them to start drinking small amounts of water after the introduction of solid foods. Because they drink more formula or breast milk surrounding naps, you can offer water during mealtimes or when they're gross motor playing to get them used to the taste. Just a few ounces per day is all it takes to keep them hydrated and introduce the taste of water. I generally recommend that parents avoid juice altogether which coincides with the recommendations put forth in a consensus statement on healthy beverage consumption in early childhood, co-authored by the AAP, American Heart Association, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, 
and the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry. At one year, guidelines say that children can have up to four ounces per day of juice and upwards of four to six ounces for older children ages four to six years. But if possible, avoid or limit juice and offer whole fruits instead. Okay, so what about those plant-based milks? The panel advised against the exclusive consumption of any plant-based milks in lieu of cow's milk or soy milk because they are overarchingly nutrient deficient. Soy milk is considered to be a cow's milk equivalent because it's fortified with vitamins and minerals that make it an acceptable vegan alternative. But unlike soy milk, other milk imitation drinks are not supplemented and fortified with the same additives contained in dairy or soy milks. When you contrast and compare the ingredients and nutrition facts of these other plant-based milks, many are loaded with sugar, low on protein, and lack sufficient fat needed for the major period of brain growth that occurs in infants and young toddlers. Contrary to the health craze that vilifies fat, we actually need young children to have good fats in their diet. Plant-based milks that aren't fortified or supplemented, like almond, oat, hemp, tapioca, rice, and coconut, are also deficient in zinc, calcium, vitamins, and amino acids that are essential nutrients for growing infants and toddlers. For older kids, they're empty calories that can be detrimental in the battle against childhood obesity. And that's another reason for the recommendation against flavored cow's milk also. Although chocolate and strawberry milk were originally thought to be valuable to get a kid to palate cow's milk, it's now believed that this practice is a slippery slope to preferring sweetened beverages that take away from plain milk and water. Although parents may be hoping for ingredients from the earth or a healthy alternative to the mistaken fattening milk, they're actually choosing a sugar-laden, high-carb drink with little lasting energy value to sustain a busy kid, and they may have no added benefit over water. Now, don't get me wrong, milk isn't perfect either. It lacks some pretty essential vitamins and minerals too. A big one is iron. I remember walking past a ghostly pale child in the outpatient lab on my way to a shift one day and thinking, I bet he's anemic. Lo and behold, a few minutes later, a lab tech came running into the emergency provider area, desperate to call out a critical value. She said he had a critically low hemoglobin, 6.5 grams per deciliter. I laughed and asked if it was the child I had seen. It was. Turns out he really liked milk, which is a common culprit for iron deficiency anemia. It's also low in vitamin E and C while high in sodium. And its sugar source, lactose, may be contraindicated in children with lactose intolerance or cow's milk protein allergy. So what's a provider to do? Well, I'm not oblivious to the fact that dairy farmers and plant-based milk products together are a nearly $30 billion industry, each with industry incentives to pump their products out to the masses. And I realize that it's quite strange that we humans drink another animal's milk or squeeze a nut to a pulp and drink the drippings. There are pros and cons to both sides of the milk dilemma. And the good news is that you don't have to pick a side. So what should pediatric providers do? Assess growth and nutritional intake at each well visit. 
getting a history that includes the different kinds of foods children eat and drink so that you can best understand where any micro and macronutrient deficiencies could be hiding. Then look at their current anthropomorphic measurements like weight for length under 24 months and BMI for kids ages two years and up. Kids can be perfectly healthy while adhering to a vegetarian or vegan diet, but they may need some extra help in making sure that they get the right amount of fats, carbs, proteins, vitamins, and minerals. Using plant-based milks can be an adjunct in the quest for a healthy diet that's all about choices and variety. Figure out why the family chose this milk in the first place. Were they trying to be healthy? Did they want more vegetables and nuts? Are they adhering to a vegan diet? Or was it just on sale at the grocery store? And compare that with the child's age and your knowledge of their nutritional needs at that age and their current growth. You may need to suggest adding new foods to supplement deficiencies or swap out a sugary protein deficient almond milk for skim milk in a child whose BMI is flirting with the threshold of being overweight. And if you still struggle with ensuring enough variety to yield adequate micro and macronutrients, refer to a pediatric dietitian whose knowledge and skill related to pediatric palates, feeding behaviors, and food content can help get the growing child's nutrition back on track. I hope that you'll like, comment, and subscribe to the Peds NP, where we focus on the practical application of evidence-based practice. Follow me on Instagram at the Peds NP podcast. Email me at thepedsnp at gmail.com. Tell your friends about your favorite episode by texting a link to your favorite streaming platform or share the episodes page of www.thepedsnp.com where you can also read show notes and references. There's no financial support or conflict of interest in this or any episode of the Peds NP. And remember, this isn't just a podcast. You're guiding plant-based milks to do a body good. I'm Becky Carson. Take care.